Sunny, cold day, 25th of September. Just been for a coffee, a five mile coffee. Just got five miles back, five miles to walk back. I was just thinking, have I been limiting myself well that, that's so uncanny right so when I was walking down here right the last thing I recorded World's End Forum towards the end of that I was talking about a car that was driving very slow and then it got up towards the junction where there was a lot of cars now to the left of it and it decides to indicate to go left I've just seen another guy do exactly the same thing going very very slow and then when all these cars emerge he decides to turn he decides to go left so very strange somebody's just gone through a red light <laughs> so another person's just gone through a red light or maybe, maybe not no 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 ignore that the traffic signal only works for one side at a time it doesn't do both sides at the same time my bad I think it's because I've never used the signals before I always take the risk Because I'm pretty good at measuring measuring risk. It's something that I've done throughout my life. Even when it was something I didn't really know I was doing. It's just sort of my default uh, default mode. I would rather go against the grain and to just go with it now that doesn't mean I'm not that, that's nothing to do with like the flow or anything like that like when I talk about doing things that feel right that's a part of the process the risk taking I guess you could say that an aversion to risk is a limitation it holds you back from making certain decisions so you may be afraid of risk so you'd be less inclined to take up something that would be deemed risky whereas I would be the opposite I, I wouldn't really see it as a limitation there's more gunfire maybe it's clay pigeon shooting oh there's way too many trees around so shooting at something yeah I'd be I, I don't see risk shouldn't be a limitation risk is fear it's like you've got 200 pounds It's considered not risky to leave it in the bank. That's like society. That's what society decides. Your money is safe in a bank. If you put it in a box under your bed, it's that, that's not deemed as being safe. Even though you can see it, you can go and look at the money anytime you want. If you wanted to look at the money in your bank account, you have to go to a digital screen to see how many numbers it's telling you you've got and somebody may have taken something out of your account I was talking about direct debits before a direct debit is a contract that somebody can take money from your account it's typically an agreed amount but that amount can change 
they only need to notify you <laughs> you don't really need to agree to it <laughs> they just notify you this is a new MI that we're taking so what if a company got into deep deep doo-doo and they're like the only way we can save ourselves is to double the the cost of the membership let's say it's a gym that's the only way we can save ourselves double the cost of the membership and now the people that had signed up they get notified maybe a week before the payment's taken out no agreement now in order to cancel the membership they still have to pay the double they still have to pay what 64 pounds so they still have to pay that because the agreement of the debit of the direct debit of the contract is there has to be a one month's notice not many people not many people are aware of that that is a contract a direct debit and it's a one-sided contract you agree to it but you agree to then be managed by whatever company it is they can decide how much to take they only need notify you so yeah it's a great invention perfect invention for companies because it means that they can get paid regardless you can't just decide to cancel it one month because then there's like administration fees on top of the normal fee as well as any other fee the company decides to pin on you it could be anything so what's that got to do with risk absolutely nothing Although it does carry risk. People agree to that. People see that as normal. You know, people are encouraged to uh, sign a direct debit for everything. For the mobile phone, for their electricity, for the rent. For uh, almost everything. It's almost recommended as that is the preferred method. Companies would prefer you use is a direct debit. It's, it's like a subscription. It's a contract. And it guarantees that they get paid. So, a lot of people are assuming risk and not knowing it. And the risk is all, is geared against them. They don't really have any protection. Because the company has all the control. You, you sign it over to them to give them access to your bank account. It means they can just take whatever amount they want. Now obviously it doesn't mean that they can wipe you out because that may be seen as criminal. They may not get away with that. But they could get away with doubling their cost. Doubling your monthly fee. Which is a risk that people probably don't account for. Maybe people can't afford to pay double. Maybe they're already stretched. They only signed up with that gym because it was cheap. Maybe every other gym in the in the county was double the price. And that gym just wanted to get all the people to join and then they double the price. So they're the same as everyone else. So it's like, why are you going to quit? You may as well stay with them. You know what I mean? So people are assuming risk all the time. They're not fully aware of it. They, um, the things that they should be doing, the things that are deemed risky, are the things they should be doing. Like, like not becoming an expert in one thing. I know it's not for everyone. I mean, I know it's not for everyone in terms of uh, some people 
are geared or are configured to be an expert in one thing. But we don't operate like that. So how can we be configured just for one thing? I think we're programmed in society to, to consider that we could only ever do one thing. That's rubbish. Because we don't just do one thing in our life, do we? Let's say you've got a job. You do a job, so that's one skill, right? You also have a place to live. You look after that place, you pay your bills. Two more skills. Financial management and uh, set organisation. And then you have friendships or you have relationships with other people. Relationship management. And then if you've got anything beyond that, family, children, those are all more skills. They're all different. But some of the skills are, you know, interrelated. They converge. So to say that you were programmed to only do one thing, I don't think there's anyone out there that is only that is only doing one thing. And if they are, they've been conditioned to do that. They've been severely conditioned to do that because we grow up doing many different things. And yet we don't get past certain points because we're taught we're limited not to. And one of those things is you get a job you get good at your job so that you don't get fired. You try and get better at your job so you get promoted. And then you stay good at your job so you stay there for life so that you're sorted. That's the pyramid that everyone's trying to climb up. It's very limited. You just move between boxes. You start off in one box, and then let's say you get promoted, you move into a different box, right? Not everyone's gonna wanna move. People are gonna get comfortable in those boxes and they're just gonna stay. And that's what they do for the rest of their life. They stay within the safety of those boxes because that's what they've been taught. They've been limited. Now there's a lot more going on outside the box. There's a lot more things that you could do and see, but you're just kind of being shielded from it. You could um, take what you've learned. Say you've been doing it for 10 years, you probably have sufficient experience Even if you're not so skilled at it, you still got sufficient experience to be valuable to somebody. Maybe to run your own business or to run your own advisory. Advising people of your experience. I know a lot of people are not so skilled hands-on, right? Because they're not really interested in that. But the experience of being around the problems and the solutions that's also beneficial so people need to think outside of the box <laughs> literally that's what it is you're put in a box in education you moved from one box to another box primary to secondary school secondary school to they call it college or uh, year 12 uh, I can't remember 
typically just um, college. That's about it. box and then you get to university it's another box and then you get given the box there's a symbol that you were in your head um, when you graduate when you complete and that's where you remain limited by that teaching And to think outside the box is to think outside the limits of what you've been taught. You've been taught the limits. You've been placed within the limits, right? So in order to think outside the box, you need to think outside the limitations that you've been placed in. That's what that, that's what that means. I've only that only just came to me as I was walking and and thinking about it. It just came. Think outside the box because we're all placed in boxes. Limited limitations. We're placed in a house or an apartment in a box. Four walls. You know. But I've never been like everybody else. Which, I don't know, it just seemed like people didn't like that. <laughs> I've always been outside of the box. I've always been able to jump back inside the box when people... I don't know, it's almost like they can sense that you're a threat. I don't it's weird. It's like It's like they defend what they're taught. They defend the limitations. They they can't they can't possibly be anything else unless it's taught to them. Unless it's a lecturer or a teacher that's telling them because they're, they're the people that are seen as the authority. If you're saying something that is against what they've been taught or what you've been taught, they ask you, where do you get the authority from? How could you possibly know more than them? Well, it's easy. The teachers and the lecturers are limited. They're the same as you. They've just got more experience. They've been talking about it more. They've been doing it for... They've been within those limitations for a lot longer than you have. Perhaps they, they don't know to think outside the box. That they have got such expertise at the things that are inside the box that... Why would they go into the unknown? Why would the thought process take them into the unknown when they uh, command such a such a level of expertise in the limitations? So, so that's how pe people get defensive like that. And I've always kind of like shut off and not, if I see somebody react like that, obviously I'm not going to try and convince them otherwise. I'm not going to try and convince them that what you got, what you were taught is limited, that you need to think beyond that. You almost need to go back to the beginning, the fundamentals. And you go from the fundamentals to wherever it takes you just without the limits, without the equations that are boxing you in. And people don't really understand that. 
that concept of that's that's natural learning it's a process right it's a method but it's not got any limitations of the method it's just repeat it over and over and over as in it constantly like spirals out it's not it's not limited I guess it's only as much as um, a person wants to know that that would be the limitation there's more gunfire but I guess it's more it's more what people it's more as much as what they want to get from it whereas if you go into an education system you get given what is defined inside the box inside the book and that's everything and there's nothing outside of that but if you go into like a natural learning environment where you figure out the basics yourself you figure out the the, fun, the fundamentals which you can do you don't need to be given a book you don't need to be taught you don't need to be limited and um, in doing that you can go as far as you want you can just say okay I've had enough learning this I don't want to learn anymore but all it is is just a process of um applying the process and then you know I say that you know it's just a th it's just that, that's how you know thing that's knowledge just knowing that's just how it is it can be put in a book but it's limited because you don't know how don't really know how it got there it's better to to know the process from beginning to end to fully to be able to utilise it because if someone has just written it and said that this is knowledge and then it's like okay so how do I use it how do you apply the knowledge or how do you apply the process that got to that knowledge that's the part that's hidden that's the part that's typically not given everyone's just given the answers and the answers are just repeated by teacher by lecturer over generations and so people were just giving answers rather than the process of how to get there. It's like the equations in mathematics or science. Science, popular science, not science, knowledge. Science, the word, means knowledge. So when I'm talking about science, I'm talking about popular science or modern science which is typically physics so the equations that they that they use do they tell you how the people arrived at those equations do they teach you the process of how the person created that equation or do they just teach you this is the equation and this is how you apply the equation I think it's most likely to be the latter I don't ever remember having a physics chemistry or biology lesson in which they taught the process of the person arriving at that equation which is what should have been done now I can't really speak for university courses maybe that is some sort of course like the history of science you know maybe you have to do something ambiguous like that the history of science in which they teach you about the people that created those equations and maybe you would expect they would teach you how they arrived there but maybe not Maybe that would just be reserved for a Hollywood movie, you know, biographical kind of picture. Even that it would just be fantastical, you know, like a beautiful mind with all this all the shit appearing on the window and he's kinda like like pointing at them and stuff. Probably it would probably be like that. But um
yeah <laughs> that would actually be quite funny but obviously that's not that's not how they got there it's probably never even even been written it's probably not something that anyone thought would be of any utility that's just more about how it's used I guess but um, yeah I can't see any reason why you literally have to be the people that are coming up the equation that's right unless they, you, you would expect them to keep a diary you know how did they arrive how did they even come about These uh, these gunshots. It's a little bit worrying that they're in kind of like an open, open wooded area. I mean, it's not like it would be difficult to get in there. It's not like they've got any kind of warning system to say, "Hey, yo, we're firing guns in here." A little bit barbaric, if I'm honest. Because now I'm walking past one of the areas again. I'm like, how do they know where they're firing these shots at? How do they know there's nobody at the other end? Why is there no police? Anyway, so so we're all being limited in some ways. Education's the most obvious, the most obvious of them all. You're limited by what they tell you. And there's no real uh, getting out of that. Unless you know that that is what they're teaching you. But nobody do- nobody who believes any of what they're taught would believe that it isn't, uh, isn't limited. It's all about this, this process of evolution. People are, uh, I don't even know how. It's just, it's just taught as a thing. It's just like a, a matter of fact that we all grow older. We all grow in knowledge or intellect or something, right? And you can see that. You can see you're getting older. And somebody has just gone and written history and applied the same principle that civilization, 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 civilizations start off in infancy and they grow up and they get bigger. And then they also die. But there's, uh, they've added in the progression, right? So they're saying that people get more, people get smarter. Civilizations get smarter. And more advanced as time goes on. Where is the proof of that? Like, honestly. I know they've got all these artifacts, right? But it's very select. It's very select. To say that... To say that... The civilization today... Western civilization, Western democracy, to say that that is any more intellectual or advanced what? 
Invicta Halitzi. What the fuck? Sorry, I'm just looking across the road where these gunshots were coming from. And there's a sign. Invicta H-E-L-I-C-E. Halitz? Halitzi? Invicta Halitzi. So weird. Is that the name of the house? No idea. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, the things that are written is very select. It's limited. So what? If if you know that things are limited, why you wouldn't believe it in its entirety? We can't go back and observe. We can't go back and experience those things. We, we weren't, I wasn't living. I wasn't alive back then in this physical body. So why should I be concerned about the conditions of the things that happened back then? If somebody is telling you what happened back then, why? Why are they telling you that? What purpose? Is it to give you this, is it to uh, support this theory that they're giving you? The civilizations evolved and died and became more advanced and that this, they're trying to insinuate that people are, uh, things are more advanced today than they've ever been. Why would you, even, why would you consider that? Of course, to a degree, it's true, right? Because things contract, things expand, things decay. So eventually all things are going to decay, but new things are going to be brought about, right? And what they're saying is that things get more advanced. They don't. Things get advanced and then they get dumbed down. Things get advanced and then they get dumbed down. It's cyclical. You can't say that things decay. The things decay and die. And that those things come back to life. That's essentially what they're saying, right? They're saying that things perpetually become more advanced. Perpetually means forever. It continues forever. It just gets more advanced and more advanced and more advanced. But that's just like saying that things decay and then they come back to life. The same physical existence comes back to life. It's not true. It cannot be true. Once the thing is decayed, it takes on a different form. It transmutes into something different. So the state that it's in now is never going to be the same. It's not going to persist. It's going to decay. It has to decay. And so with technology, with that's what they, that's what they talk about as an as an advancement. It's all about technology. You don't really, you don't need technology. You really don't. I'm I'm talking into a phone to record my voice, so that it can be played back. But I could just as easily go and speak directly to other people. But it wouldn't reach the same, or it wouldn't have the potential to reach the same amount of people. But it may have more impact, the people here, where I am, hearing it, because they're within the same energy. We're walking under the same energy, right? So they may appreciate it more. The ideas or the thoughts. So the technology isn't really advancing anything. Think, I mean, think about it. 
you, you look at the behavior of people people have become more dependent on technology it's not as if the technology has benefited them it's allowed them to do things like have a social media account and share their thoughts on uh, Kardashians or whatever you know they can connect with celebrities by posting on social media that is not a benefit to the person it may seem a benefit because now they they've almost got like a direct line to the celeb friend but it's it's uh, false it's fake you don't even know if it's if it is your celebrity friend at the other end typing those messages <laughs> because they're going to have a social media manager they're going to have somebody paid typing that stuff and replying to your messages maybe so it's created a facade that's what technology has done it's created a facade that people have bought into without question because that's what they've been brought up with they've been brought up with all these with all this technology and uh, of course they're going to think it's good they're not going to have anything bad to say of it because that's all they've known but to say it's advanced anything it hasn't the only reason why they're saying that it's for advancement is because these people the advisors the, the ones the groups of people that want to advise everyone tell people what to do it's because they are trying to understand how things work because in order for them to control you or everything is to understand things and I don't think that they're quite as attuned as they make up because most of them will just be actors you know they just have a role to play and that's all they're doing they're playing a role and that's why I say that if you met them in person they'd be a completely different personality than what you see on the TV they would be maybe the complete opposite maybe not so maybe not so talkative or articulate you know they might shy away from any questions or any any sort of uh, any sort of conversation they may just shy away from it completely so techno to say that things have advanced no I think it's the same methods and techniques it's just updated as they understand certain things a little bit better they can use different materials but using the same using those materials in the same way as they have been you know creating roads spraying even cloud seeding is ancient electric cars 200 years ago you know all this stuff is just recycled nothing nothing special or new really it's just all the same but that's just based on that's just my opinion really because there are stories and pictures out there that say you know they, they show electric cars back in the 1800s the, picture, the pictures of the cities back in the 1800s look way better than the cities of today the architecture like the buildings look like they were built to last they don't look like they were built to 
you know, be knocked down in 20 years, which is what they do in a lot of big cities. They build these, they put up these buildings that are either flimsy or, you know, just poor, poor workmanship, and then they knock them down and build something else in its place. It's, it's insane. And they're saying that that is advanced. It's not. I mean, they had underground um, railways 200 years ago as well. So to say that the underground trains that are there now are any better, it's the same. It's the same technology. They built, apparently they built these tunnels 200 years ago without any of the machinery that they've got today. Yeah, it seems today it takes them longer to do any kind of infrastructure project. And why is that? Is that because they're not actually doing what they say they are? Maybe they're taking resources. Maybe there's resources that they found in existing tunnels. Who knows? We don't really know what what goes on. But all I can say is that to say that things go from to say it's linear it's like it starts at not being advanced and it just continually goes to being advanced nah that's not balanced it doesn't fit with anything else if you put it on a scale of um, I'd probably say the sun cycle solar cycle maximum minimum maximum minimum that's it All they're doing is recycling. Recycling technology, repackaging it. I mean, they had tablets. They had tablets over 18 years ago. You know those tablets that you're all watching uh, Netflix and stuff on? They had them over 18 years ago. It's just nobody really had a commercial application to sell it yet. Nobody really had the software or the distractions. Because Netflix didn't exist back then. If it did, if it existed in the form it does today, then maybe maybe that would have been different. But 18 years ago, it's almost 20 years ago, tablets. So all they're doing is recycling stuff. Everything that you're getting today has already been done. iPhones. That was done back in 2007. All, all they've done is recycled it every time. Oh, it's made, they made the board slightly smaller. They've increased the battery capacity. They've put a new uh, camera lens in. So is that it? It's not really very advanced. All they're doing is reiterations on existing technology. So no, things don't continually advance. They advance and degrade, advance and degrade. No, not even advanced. They maximum minimum. Let's let's say on the way up, it's uh, call it inventiveness, and on the way down, it's more just maintaining what you've got than trying to produce something new. When it isn't really new anyway, it's an expression of the same just in a different application or a different packaging wow so it's taken me three hours yeah it's taken about three hours to walk ten miles that's not too bad Although it means if I <laughs> if I was able to walk to East London, that's something like 20 miles, and that's still even like 10 miles outside of the centre of London. So that would mean it would take like six hours, and that's assuming the roads are there's a, a path to walk along. Wow, that's not bad for a Sunday morning.
weeks anyway so the people that are the people that are advising the world that are saying yeah technological advancement yeah everything's going to continually advance they're lying to you if you understand one fundamental uh, principle it is that there is balance in everything that you would be able to understand if somebody is lying to you especially people that are influencing or attempting to influence a majority of people and that's the world's end forum the uh, the advisory group to almost every world leader and almost every uh, corporation or at least that's that's what they want but if you understand the principle of balance that everything is in balance and if you just observe just observe everything around you you'll see that there must be balance otherwise there is a faster rate of decay if you, if you drove your car on the highway and you drove it flat out, foot on the gas constantly, that's going to have an effect on your, your fuel consumption, oil consumption, your tyres, and potentially your brakes, depending on uh, how fast you're going. Because you can't just go flat out forever. At some point, you're going to have to stop. It's just if if you're traveling at 30 miles an hour and you press the brakes, it's not so bad, right? The level of friction is not is not that great. It's manageable. If you press the brakes and you're doing 140 miles an hour, the level of friction the level of friction increases greatly, meaning your your brakes are going to get hot. They may fail. They may not stop because they may get too hot. balance and just just knowing that you'll know that these people that are telling you oh yeah um, human history everything just evolves everything evolves continually everything everything evolves continually and everything is um, constantly advancing it's not it can't that cannot be true it can't be true if you know that there is a need for balance and everything there has to be because everything comes from a state of balance when it's unknown and everything moves to a state of balance once it is known once it's observed it's the same for everything so for somebody to stand up on stage and tell you this is the way that things have to go because everything is constantly evolving everything is constantly advancing it's not everything is moving towards decay oh man everything is moving to decay it's just the rate at which it moves is the variable and that rate is governed by the um, stability which is balanced or instability which is unbalanced that's how everything works
so you would know if somebody is telling you constant advancement that's a lie cannot be true it does not fit with the model of everything the theory of everything is balance it doesn't need to describe the emotions it doesn't need to describe anything other than balance and that things must be moving towards a constant state of balance equilibrium have to be so I think that is it oh just another I was just looking back just looking back to where I was walking so the hill going up the hill going up is something like 424 feet in elevation but when you're going up it it doesn't look it doesn't look that high but from where I was standing just now it does look quite high up there's actually um, I think it's mobile phone masts or something or radio masts or something up at the top of the hill so that's quite interesting I didn't I don't really think there was much elevation over there but yeah but like I said there's balance right I literally just walked up a wave a sound wave because where I started it was um, like walking down into a valley then you walk up the hill once you get over the other side of the hill it's then walking down into a valley again And then it's like uh, shallower, shallower kind of wave. And then you get like right back down into the valley again, where the retail park is. Low frequency, come and buy stuff. So anyway, so I think that's it for now. Catch you later.